Ugh. Worst song ever. Hit the books. They don't hit back. Also, hugs not drugs. Mess with the bull. Get the horns. And any other cliches you can come up with. Rhea, I'm not that kind of girl. Oh, really? The kind that does it? Or the kind that does it and doesn't have the lady balls to tell her best friend? What? I want every detail. Ray! Now, bitch! You know, you call me bitch a lot, okay? It's not really a term of endearment. I want every detail. Now, you're not really heading in the right direction with that one either. Tell me! See, that one was freely adapted as a uh, bit of an understatement, Gavna. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. No, no. Just... No, no, no. Just no way. Wait, no way. Wait, no, wait, stop it, no, stop, no, no, no. Absolutely not. Think no. about it. Think about it. What are you doing? Nothing. Don't forget tomorrow's Earth Day. Teachers become privy to idle adolescent gossip. That would be when everyone is putting everything up on Facebook. I don't know what your generation's fascination is with documenting your every thought, but I can assure you they're not all diamonds. Roman is having an okay day and bought a Coke Zero at the gas station. Raise the roof. Who gives a rat's ass? He got a Coke Zero again? Ah, that Roman, incorrigible. Listen, whatever this little act is about, I just, I'm curious. I really think you should consider giving me extra credit for going the extra mile. I mean, I'm really attempting to understand this puritanical ostracism the Hotler wrote about. You are one of the few that read the book. If I read one more paper from one of your classmates who talks about how hot she is in the bathtub, her fake British accent, or is she still married to Ashton Kutcher, I'm going to kill myself. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm very tired, and uh, I have very special guests with me for the uh, episode 101, The Road to 200. I have good old America's co-host, Jameson. What's up, sir? Morning, sir. How are you? Tired, and uh, me and you have a very, very special guest. And uh, who's that special guest we have on the line with us? Some Jason guy I've heard of. Hmm. I've never heard of him. <laughs> What's up, sir? How you doing? Good. Except you should shut up about being tired, since I'm the one that had to wake up at five thirty in the morning <laughs> to record the show. It's true, man. You, Makes you a good point. You definitely win that argument, no doubt about it. So, so guys, this is the uh, first episode back after the hundredth and the uh, the first movie in the chick flicks for guys series i'm excited that uh you guys are on i know it's early but this was the time that we could get together and jason i'm super excited that you're coming on because you've talked this movie for a long time sir so it's kind of inevitable you had to be on this episode sir sounds good yeah so (laughs) i know we're just like dead right now I forgot what we were talking about. What were we talking about? <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. Everybody's like, oh my God, I better shut this off now. So, guys. At how- least we make it obvious right up front that this is a skippable episode. <laughs> People don't have to waste their time wondering if it's going to be entertaining or not. They're just like, well, I can click out now. <laughs> it's true. I can't argue with that. Oh, man. 
<laughs> so, guys, should we uh, talk some quick movie and music news before we roll into our review of Easy A? Let's do it. All right. Nah, I don't feel like it. You Uh-oh. don't. You don't feel like it. What's wrong with you, sir? Get some shut eye, Jason. We'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll just. Uh, I'll just knock out a couple more hours of sleep, and then, and then I'll be back. <laughs> So here's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, this is really quick. Uh, I was hoping that you guys hadn't covered this yet in your upcoming episodes. But Jason, you briefly touched on it on your newest one about Amazing Spider-Man 2. But what I wanted to talk to you guys about is Emma Stone. Because obviously we're going to be talking Emma Stone in a little bit on EZA. But my thought process was, you know, kind of like with Fast 6, I knew that Han was going to die, but I didn't want him to die until like the end of the movie. And with this Whoa, whole... Oh, spoiler warnings. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, with this whole Mary Jane Watson situation being moved, I kind of knew, I already knew in the comics that Gwen Stacy dies. And that's how Mary Jane kind of comes into play. But I was hoping they were Mary Jane kills her. That's how it works, right? Really? Is that how it works? Hey, Peter Peter is a very wanted man. So that's how I wanted to go. It's Mr. Pimp Daddy. How would you feel if that's what they did to like shake it up? Like, oh, you thought she was gonna die by a supervillain. Well, joke's on you. Nice. That's that would be one way to piss off fans. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So I was gonna ask you guys, do you think you know, I kind of know what's going to happen now in part two, but how far do you think it'll take before they kill off Emma Stone in part two? Uh, like how like long you, into the movie? Yeah, you think she'll make it through like the whole thing? Because the, the rumor I heard is that if you brought Mary Jane in, in part two right away, it doesn't give the Gwen Stacy death uh, you know, an, enough emotional weight value, so that's why they want to wait till three. But I don't know. I mean, you, I want her to at least make it through half the movie. So... I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? I think she'll last pretty much through the whole thing. Awesome. So you think she's going to die by supervillain? Is that kind of how it goes in the comics? Well, I hope she doesn't get hit by a bus or anything. That'd be <laughs> kind of lame. I'm pretty sure she will be taken out by one of the supervillains or the consequences of what the supervillains do in the movie. I I think it's just kind of an obvious kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I was hoping that they would kind of change it up a little bit and maybe keep her around and maybe not even bring in Mary Jane, but that might piss off even more of the hardcore Spider-Man fans than just keeping her in the film and not killing her off, I guess. so. The real question is, are, are they going to go with the classic storyline? Because for those of you not in the know in the comic book world, uh, Gwen Stacy doesn't technically die by the Green Goblin's hand. She dies due to Spider-Man being stupid uh, because she gets tossed off a bridge. Spider-Man tries to catch her, and in the process of catching her with some webbing, he stops her acceleration to the water so quickly Snap. that it snaps her neck. Ooh. Uh, which is, you know, he's got to live with, basically, the pretty much the fact that he killed his own girlfriend uh, due to his uh, ineptitude. So I'm wondering if that's something they're going to explore. Is she going to die by the hand of a supervillain? Any supervillain. doesn't have to be Green Goblin to me. It's It doesn't really matter. I think the point of the story is she dies during a battle. That's good enough for me. Right. But are they going to have it by the hand of the supervillain? Or is it going to be much like in the comic book due to Spider-Man? Well, I think if they if they change it up at all, I could see the, the tried and true... Uh, he has to save a bus full of children or her and has yeah. to make that choice, you know. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope they, they don't change the first up. movie. Right. And then I, they just said, oh, he can do both because he's Spider-Man. Exactly. <laughs> I hope they don't change it up too much from the classic storyline because it is a cool concept when you have a, already a you know a flawed superhero who's you know just a kid and then you put more, more emotional weight on him. I like that. I like that that whole idea, you know. Yeah, I hear you. That sounds that sounds good. It would be interesting to see how they go with it. So, the Amazing Spider-Man was that pretty much classic storyline? Would you say, or do you think they changed enough things up to make it new? Or do you think they're going to go down this road based on the first movie? Uh, it's classic. No, like did okay. it, it did it follow the original comic book frame for frame type thing or idea for idea? Not really. It's it's a blend of various things of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man of a couple of random stories they've done since the inception of the character. Uh, but I think they changed it up enough for it to make an interesting movie, considering we had a Spider-Man one not too long ago, technically. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I loved the heck out of it. Didn't hurt that Emma Stone was in it. It didn't hurt that Andrew Garfield just pulled off the character excellently. I know uh, the lizard got some crap for being a crappy CGI character, but I didn't have a problem with him really at all. Uh, but I think they they changed the origin, the the story of how he becomes Spider-Man enough in that movie to make it a little bit more interesting for us in the next few movies because I feel like they really just had to get the origin out of the way. Right. Which is... That's always the hardest part. Exactly. Especially I mean, when it's a well-known story. Yeah, well-known by pretty much everybody who... You don't even have to read a comic book to know the origin of Spider-Man, much like the origin of Superman and Batman. It's been covered in so many different media formats that everybody knows. So really, all you have to do in this movie is, one, get through it, and two, make it an interesting watch. And I think they successfully did that. 
and they set up enough uh, threads to run through the, the next few movies to, in my opinion, make it more interesting than the last series and give the series a little bit more legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because it, if you, I think Spider-Man One kind of just told the origin and then just like, well, hopefully this will make enough money and we'll see you again. See ya. Whereas this one knew there were sequels coming, so they were able to build a a more richer story, right, to play with in the next few movies. And I I like that idea a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, love that movie. Yeah, they they had they knew what they had, how much time they had, rather than we have two hours to to tell what we have to tell. You know, they knew big picture that there was a lot more to go with. Which is always fun to see. Were you mm. shocked to see three and four scheduled so far in advance? Were you just like, wow, they have a lot of faith in this film? Uh, not really shocked because, I mean, Spider-Man's a cash cow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you have to really try hard, like Sam Raimi did with part three, to really fail with Spider-Man. And even, then, and even with Spider-Man 3, they made a ton of money off merchandise and all that other junk. Yeah, yeah, and the movie did make money because yeah. let's face it, he built up equity with the viewership, saying, and and we all trusted him to bring us a good Spider-Man movie. So there were opening weekend, they made a, a ton of money, but then word of mouth came out with a movie like Spider-Man Three. You have to be like, okay, but people say it sucks, but I'm still going to see it anyway because it's Spider-Man Three. So they made their money. Well, people not don't all... like the movie anymore, but they made their money. <laughs> well, and and not even, you know, with a movie like Spider-Man, whether it sucks or it doesn't, it's a movie that, I mean, kids are going to want to go see. So no matter what yep. the word of mouth is, it doesn't matter. My kids going to be like, I don't care. I want to go see Spider-Man. You know, What's like, a well, reviewer? I was, <laughs> what like, do I uh, care what they think? <laughs> I was told it sucked. Like, I don't care. You're taking me. Yeah, but you it's Spider-Man. <laughs> exactly. I and know. Let's face it. Kids aren't going to be as critical as the adults are. Kids no. will like it anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I took I took my daughter to see that one. She's like, I have to see this movie because after two, she was just like, I got to see three. And, uh, you know, yeah, she loves Amazing Spider-Man more than three. But you're right. They're not as critical as, you know, us where she's like, oh, this movie's terrible. You know, thankfully, the studio is a little bit more critical than <laughs> the kids are. Yeah. Or else we would have just kept getting crappy Spider-Man movies. So I'm excited, man. I, I really am. I'm looking forward to two, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. What, regardless of what happens in the story, uh, I think they're going to take it in a very great direction, and hopefully it will be even better than the first one, you know, Amazing Spider-Man, because I love that movie. That movie was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm on the same boat you are, Jason. It had some problems, but I had so much fun with it. I gave it five stars, too, because it was just such a fun movie it was so surprising how much fun i had with that flick you should watch the making of that's on the blu-ray or the dvd or whatever it's on the blu-ray uh it's not on the dvd i've been trying to get my hands on the blu-ray but every time i try to pick it up it's like i ain't got the cash for it and you know i want to get it just because you said it's like didn't you say it's like a three hour making of documentary i don't know if it's three hours i think it's probably maybe an hour if that but oh, okay the the cool thing is watching it and seeing how much stuff mark webb did practically gotcha i mean i uh, he obviously had a giant cgi lizard but spider-man andrew garfield or whatever stuntman that was in the suit at the time did way more practical stuff in this movie than toby Maguire probably ever did in three movies 
uh, it, it's so interesting to watch how they put it all together and the fact that they're like, okay, well, here's where the giant CGI lizard is, but we're actually going to be having a Spider-Man fighting something here. We're not going to CGI a Spider-Man in there, which would be so much easier. We're having him bounce off this wall and grab onto this thing and then hit wherever the lizard's supposed to be and then get thrown off of that thing. And it's amazing to watch when really all you have is a guy not even hooked up to wires, jumping, hitting a wall, and then smashing himself onto like a green backboard or a bounce board, hits that and then gets thrown off into some like canisters off to the side. And then they show you how they add the lizard later. But it's an actual dude getting just chucked around and jumping around. It's really fun to watch. That's just another Friday night at my house. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Excellent. And uh, the last story I want to talk to you guys about is evidently the rumor is, I guess this morning I just saw, that uh, Steven Seagal is supposedly a lock for Expendables 3, which I really don't care about. What I care about is who they already have attached to Expendables 3. And I guess like Wesley Snipes' second day out of prison got signed to that flick. And I mean, to see Demolition... He's looking for work. Yeah. Oh yeah, he needs it. But to see some <laughs> demo- took all my money. <laughs> to see some Demolition Man two in action, you know, Sly and Snipes. I'm excited, man. Getting some Mila Jolovich added on there, I think will be kind of fun. You know, there's some Nicholas Cage rumor, which I hope doesn't happen. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I have not seen Expendables two. Really? Uh, wow. Which it's and it's not me going, ugh, Expendables. Why would you watch that garbage? It's me just not for some reason just not being able to connect with that movie and watch it because the first one was fun. I loved it. It was good times. I'm excited to watch the second one, and it's just oh, I don't have time to watch it right now. Oh, it's not available here. Oh, it's sold out there. Oh well, I just and I have not been able to nail it down. Gotcha. So I'm hoping to watch it soon. That being said, the rumor mill for the third one. Uh, Mila Jovovich, I'm excited for. I, I enjoy her. She's a good little action girl. Yep. Uh, I have no interest at all in Nick Cage. Nope. Being in nobody does. Movies. No, nobody does. Nick Cage does. That's it. And uh, in response to what's his face, Wesley Snipes. No, Wesley Snipes good. I have no problem with. Oh, Wesley Steven Snipes. Seagal. Gotcha. I don't like Steven Seagal. I think he's <laughs> a terrible actor. He's way, way, way past his prime. What? Here's the thing. <laughs> Everybody else worked really hard to get back to at least fighting shape. He has no interest. He's like, oh, I'm going to chew on this cheeseburger while I throw it like a half <laughs> kick at he's somebody. Got, he's got a kimono and a box of clip-on ponytails. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nope, you sold me. <laughs> the clip-on ponytails. I totally forgot about that. No, he's in his prime now. Yeah, exactly. He's a lawman. I mean, he's out for justice at all times. I would love it if he died in the movie because one of my favorite movies ever is the one with Kurt Russell. Executive decision. Executive decision. Where he's in the movie for the first five minutes and then he totally eats it. And I was just like, me, much like probably everybody who, who saw that movie, was sitting there in stunned silence as he just gets ripped from the plane and thrown into the air to die some terrible falling death. Oh, I spent the next hour. I saw that in the theater. We were fired up for the new Seagal movie. And the next hour, every time Kurt Russell, would, every every time a bad guy went a, a dark corridor, oh, here comes Seagal. Like, yeah. he climbed back on to the outside <laughs> of the plane. 
and made his way back in. Like, oh, it's going to be a roundhouse kick to that guy's face right here. Never happened. <laughs> oh, man. It was oh, amazing. That's awesome. One of the just, best, like, ha-ha, gotcha. Just the name to sell a movie. <laughs> exactly. It's Kurt true. Russell wasn't enough. <laughs> it, it's true. I hope Nicolas Cage is just a rumor doesn't make it because if he's in that movie it's gonna bring it down so bad it's not even funny maybe have you know like a face-off a nod to face-off and have a minute for like the first minute and then his face gets replaced by seagulls and then he just takes over no more nick cage in the movie how how cool would it be if it was the other way around seagull comes around they rip his face off and they put it on they put nick cage's face on him uh-huh. And so Nick Cage is all running around with a little ponytail. <laughs> He's got a duster on and a ponytail. That's right. That's awesome. You're like, but that guy was really fat, and this guy's really skinny. No, 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 no. Don't question logic in this movie. Right. He's got he the ponytail, surgery. so now we know He's, his face is definitely on that body. So he shut just up. said that he's part Indian. We know it's him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the cool thing is, though, is that Jason Statham did confirm he's doing Fast 7 and Expendables 3 back-to-back. He's taking, like, s- the next six weeks off just to get ready, and then he's going to film both of them back-to-back, and I'm pretty pumped up about that. So He'd be pretty stupid not to. Yeah. yeah. Because those are his, you know, aside from his own specific franchises that he's popped up in, Transporter and whatnot, uh, these are his two franchises he's attached to that he's going to have more eyes on him than he can imagine. It'd be kind of dumb for him not to at least try to make them both. Yeah, you know, when I listened to your last episode of Film and Focus, you mentioned that he's a lot better in ensemble pieces versus himself. So I was really thinking about that because I never really kind of you know, I, I really enjoy him, but I, I mean, you were kind of right. He does he does kind of make an ensemble piece so much better, like especially in Expendables, too. He does such a really good job in there. And, and that's uh, not me saying he's terrible when he's on he's, his own. He's a little limited, though. A little bit. And I, you know, I don't know if that's because he's limited or the studios limit him. I think he might be a little pigeonholed. I mean, you look at his movies, and it gets to the point where... You, I, you know, I can't remember which one was which, you know, like especially because yeah. a lot of times it's real vague titles like safe or, you know, it's like, well, is that the one where he saves a girl or is that the one where they take his wife? You know, he it's kind of plays they, the same role. They he's kill out, his girl and take his right. His wife. You know, he's out for he's revenge. In every movie. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I agree. He is better. He just works really well with others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah you know, the other day. I had Spike TV on, and they had the transporter on. I'm like, but it was the one where the kid gets kidnapped at the dentist. And I was like, this is Transporter 2. Why is this called Transporter? I had to look it up, and even Spike TV got it wrong. They're like, no, this is the Transporter, you know? Whatever, you're going to watch it. Yeah, it's all good. Just call it Statham and move on. (laughs) There you go. And uh, that's about it, guys, for uh, for movie news. That's uh, it? Yeah, man, I ain't got nothing, man. It's kind of low regards to news this week man i don't know you got anything do i have anything well let's talk about this weekend's movies oh got despicable me too and the lone ranger facing off head to head who's gonna win what a show it's a mystery to everybody and uh i don't have the numbers exactly right in front of me but i do know that it's pretty obvious that the lone ranger did not win the weekend yeah i just saw the uh, at this point the wednesday numbers it was 
34 million to 9 million on opening day for uh, Despicable Me 2. Yeah, Lone Ranger hasn't cracked 10 million yet. Let's see. Uh, right here it says the 3D animated tune has earned nearly $60 million in its first two days alone. The first two days, which if it opens on a Wednesday, yeah. I, I don't, it's going to cross over $100 million before the weekend's done. Before yeah. the weekend. And it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like $150 million by the end of the whole thing. Oh, uh, and then compared to the measly $19.5 million <laughs> for Disney's $250 million Western. Yeah. yeah. And so people complain so about John Carter losing money. Their money back. <laughs> it's, yeah, I want to see a, a, a comparison between John Carter and Lone Ranger side by side. Let's see what's uh, see who made better money. So, yeah. Jam- Jameson, did you did Sean finally drag you to Lone Ranger? I'm going to Lone Ranger as soon as we're done recording. Oh, what's wrong with you, man? Did hey, you did you hear Jason's review on this sucker yet? Hey, Jason's the one who convinced me. Big I know. jerk. <laughs> I did. And I, after I left the movie, I was like, I feel so bad. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I actually was entertained by it. Uh, I thought Johnny Depp was more entertaining than I thought he was going to be. But I'm quickly realizing that that's not... You shouldn't take my word for it. Because I seem to have some weird thing with Johnny Depp where I just enjoy watching him do anything he does, even when the movie's terrible. There's mannerisms that he brings to characters that, for some reason, I find thoroughly entertaining, even when I know this is probably not very good. Well, that's that's like uh, I saw <laughs> I saw an article on the cover of The Onion last week that said uh, something along the lines of, Johnny Depp now can uh, only take roles where he can walk whimsically or, or you know, fall over things. It's true. All- all roles, you have to have have a whimsical voice and a crazy walk. I can't deny that. Arm and Hammer. <laughs> Army Hammer is the lowest point of the movie for me. I really dislike this guy, and I wish he would stop making movies. You know, he was the lowest point of a couple movies I've seen recently, and it's starting to really frustrate me. I was going to give him a chance in this one, but in this one, I think... The character of the Lone Ranger was the most terribly written thing in the entire movie. And when your movie is called The Lone Ranger, that's a slight problem. You want want to hear what's funny? When Jason, remember how you said people were like, who's Arnie Hammer? I'm one of those dudes. I was like, who's Arnie Hammer? I'm like, seriously? I can't knock you for that. He hasn't done much. I don't... This is why Johnny Depp is headlining the movie and not the guy playing the Lone Ranger. Because everyone says... People are confused that... What do you mean Johnny Depp isn't playing the Lone Ranger? No, because Army Hammer, you know, anytime I explain something, like, yeah, Army Hammer's in it. Who's he? Uh, did you see the social network? Yeah. Remember the twins? Oh. That was him. Okay. He was he played he was Jay Edgar's best friend in Jay. Oh, and, and that was a terrible role. Yeah, he was so bad in that movie. Okay, now I know who he is. I got it. Wow, that's terrible when you don't even know who the main actor is of the movie that you're going to go see. I saw the trailer... And the first time I saw it when it was over, I did two thumbs down. And I'm like, this is terrible. I have no desire to ever see this movie. I'm really excited to go see it soon. <laughs> I'm excited for your review. You, you guys are wait. pumping me up. <laughs> wait. There's a, I don't think it's all bad. I think it's... Uh, I don't know. It, to me, Army Hammer's character... Just the way it was written was really bad to me. But I think this that's gonna... the... 
worst part of the movie. But again, it sucks that the worst part of the movie is the actual Lone Ranger to me. This is going to... I have a feeling this is going to end my streak of good movies. I've, I've been riding a hot streak for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Next time I'll just keep my opinion to myself. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, man, anything else? Cause, that's all I got. Yeah, that, that's good, though, because Despicable Me 2 is also a lot shorter than uh, Lone Ranger. Isn't Lone Ranger like two and a half hours long? It is. Yep. And I, I didn't. it didn't feel long to me i know a few people who have gone to see it and were just like oh it just wouldn't end it's so long i didn't feel that at all um but you know i'm used to very long movies it's it's bred into me now yeah maybe the- when that used to be a thing like when you know gladiator or whatever some of these longer movies braveheart comes out like man this is three hours long you get a how movie do they on- make movies this long <laughs> you get a movie on vhs and it would be two tapes yeah. yeah. Oh, this is unreal. Titanic. I'll watch the first tape tonight. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll finish it up. It's a like standard. Two and a half standard. I just heard of a, a documentary. That the name is totally escaping me, but it, I was listening to a review on it, and uh, it's a documentary on the Holocaust that's nine and a half hours long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that, too. Criterion just released it. I want to say it's like Shoshone or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I could sit through that. Like that would definitely be like I'm gonna watch one hour for the next every day oh, yeah. for the next week. That's a mini series now. Yeah, mini series exactly. for sure. So hey, uh, Jameson. In regards to uh, music news, our boys uh, top the charts. Sir, did you see that? Skillet's number four overall in the top 200 and number one in the rock charts. Did you see that, sir? Nice. Very cool. That's pretty cool. You're you're a Skillet fan, right, James or Jason? I wouldn't know. He's like, no. <laughs> the cool thing with Jason is is that he's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's just music. He's not like me and you, sir, where it's like we got to know everything about music, you know, where it's like we got to know the song, the lyrics. See, that's everything. me in movies. I, I can only handle one thing, man, and I chose <laughs> movies. <laughs> music, I like music. I will listen to what I like. If I hear a song, I'll, I'll get it. Right. But... I don't, I don't really search out uh, albums. Like if uh, if I hear a song that I like, I'll download it, I'll listen to it, I'm good to go. But then I won't see who made that song and go track down all their albums. And it's just gotcha for me. It's more hit and miss, or, or it's more miss than hit. Where I'm just like, oh, I like this song. Now I'll listen to their album. Wow. Well, I like this song. I don't really care for any of the other things on this album. Very rarely do I listen to an album and just be blown away. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's really not my, it's not my thing where I just, I need to know, like the information. I just need to, I need to know who these guys are. I need to know uh, what what's top in the charts. I need to, you know, it's not, not me. Right. Me, movies. You, music. Right. Well, you know, it is hard. Thank you, Tonto. <laughs> it's really yes, hard to, to find an album that every song is good. I mean, it's very rare nowadays. So when I find those albums, they really resonate with me because most of the time it's one or two tracks that are good, which is why I love the whole iTunes puts everything up and you can just pick and choose, you know, because back in the day you bought a cassette you were screwed. You had to pay $10 for that one song, and everything else was just filler music. I like music. how you went straight back to cassettes. Yeah, man. I mean, that was 
we had DVDs <laughs> or CDs and then cassettes. You know, you just you totally jumped over an entire format, and you're like, no tape. That's where it's at. Yeah, because I'll tell you, man, cassettes were like back in the day. If you didn't tighten them, remember when you would buy them and you would just put them in your Walkman, they would just completely get destroyed. It. I heard, I went to Kmart and they're like, I took back Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack. I'm like, you know, I put this in my Walkman and it ate it. They're like, well, did you tighten up the tape before you played it? I'm like, no. Like, well, you have to do that. Otherwise, I've your tape will I've never heard of doing that. Yeah. All That's my, never been an issue with me. All my tapes used to I have get the same thing with all my cars. I buy them and I forget to tighten all the bolts on them <laughs> before I drive it. It's, it's a pain in the butt. You're supposed to do it, though, I heard. Yeah, <laughs> every bolt. It's all yep. good. So when they came out with CDs, it was like, this is the greatest invention ever. One more little tidbit with me and music. I'm a soundtrack guy. Yes, you are. I will, I will buy soundtracks like crazy because I heard all the songs in the movie, so I know I like most of them. Right. So that's the majority of the collection I have is soundtracks. So that's kind of my thing. Did you get... You want, you want to play Name That Tune on TV theme show, uh, TV show theme songs i'm i'm your guy gotcha. i know him. did you get the lone ranger one because han zimmer did the score to han to the lone ranger i have not but i'll tell you this right off the bat jameson uh let me know what you think of the music because i thought the music was really really good really right. that's good except for zimmer one did. time one time i thought that was too much <laughs> too much slide whistle uh, yeah, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Excellent. It's, it's at the the final uh, action sequence, the big the big finale, and it just it starts off, and I'm like, that's I don't know, I don't know if it worked. The big so the big final fight scene, they got that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lone Ranger wish- and bad guys running through doors. <laughs> That would be amazing. I would totally forgive the movie all of its faults if it did a little <laughs> Benny Hill action. Exactly. Uh, I really wish we lived in the same town so I could go with you to see this movie. <laughs> so I don't have to watch the movie. I'll just sit there and stare at you the whole time. There you go. Great. <laughs> I, I am looking This isn't very... distracting, is it? No. <laughs> staring four inches from my face. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to hear what you have to say about this, man. I really am. Because Jason's was hilarious, especially every time you said Arm and Hammer. I was cracking up the whole review, man. Every time you did that, it was hilarious. It's, just, it's hard to say Army Hammer. It sounds like you're saying it wrong, and you have to check yourself. Right. Is it Army <laughs> Hammer? Or is it Arnie Hammer? Ah, screw it. Arm and Hammer. There Why you not? Go. That sounds right to me. All right, I know gen- I'm saying that right. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, should we uh, should we roll into our review of EZA? Nah, I'm done. What do you mean you're I, done? I should, go, I should go watch the movie first. Yeah. What is wrong with you two guys? <laughs> it's 6.30 in the morning. Oh, and yeah. I haven't finished my first cup of coffee. That's You're just going to have to deal with it, sir. It's true. All right. Well, uh, I guess me and Jason could talk about it. Jameson could just go watch the movie then, I guess. I don't know. We hear it playing in the background. <laughs> just yelling out commentary. You guys should check this out. Funny. <laughs> Y'all see this? Do you remember this scene? All right. Let's do it. Let me just begin by saying that there are two sides to every story. And this is my side, the right one. I used to be anonymous, a nothing, a non-entity. Olive, that's your name, right? Yeah, uh, we've had nine classes together since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So here it is, 
part one. Do you want to go out with me? Brandon, just a couple hours ago, you told me you were gay. You said I should pretend to be straight. I didn't mean with me. I am tormented every day at school. Just one good imaginary fling. Which brings us to part two. Is that Olive with Brandon? No grunt and make it convincing. You ready for the grand finale? Yeah. What? Thank you. What is that? I always thought that pretending to lose my virginity would be a little more special. Judy Bloom should have prepared me for that. Brandon told me what you did for him. No, he told me the truth. I was just hoping that maybe you could do the same for me. So whether I liked it or not, I was open for business. 20% off to Bath and Body Works? Is that how much our imaginary trust meant to you? I fake rocked your world. We need to pray for her, but we also need to get her the hell out of here. Amen. On Monday, things took a turn for the scandalous. Screw all these people, Olive. Ironically, we were studying the Scarlet Letter. This girl named Hester Prynne has an affair with a minister, is besmirched, and made to wear a red A for adulterer. Perhaps you should embroider a red A on your wardrobe. I'm not proud of this. I wanna hold them like they do in Texas, please. No judgment, but you kind of look like a stripper. Mom. A high-end stripper for governors or athletes. Is she the one everyone's talking about? Yes. I know exactly what you're doing. If I promise not to tell anyone, could I kiss you right now? I had a similar situation when I was your age. I had a horrible reputation. Why? Because I slept with a whole bunch of people, mostly guys. Mom! There's a higher power that will judge you for your indecency. Tom Cruise. Easy A, Jason, you are a humongous fan of this film. You've talked about it for a long time. And I think this is the reason why I checked it out. I can't really remember. But what's your history with this movie, sir? I watched it. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When the trailers came out, I had no interest in this movie. It was a I saw the poster and I'm like, oh, this easy a thing like it, it looked like a movie geared towards high school girls, a teen romp. Yeah, so, okay, thanks for letting me know, movie poster. I can check it off my list of movies I don't have to watch, and I'll move on to what's obviously geared towards me. Right. I can't remember what I went and saw, but I saw a movie, and it had a trailer for it, and I wasn't, like, I had no uh, anticipation when it starts up, and I'm like, ooh, what's this? The moment it starts up, it looks like a teen romp as Jameson would put it, like, uh, I kind of tuned out. Right. But then Emma Stone came on screen and I was like, wow, she is a pretty, pretty girl. And for some reason, and I can't even put my finger on it. The, the movie just seemed very interesting and which kind of surprised me because I'm sitting there going, this is not a movie geared towards me. Why did that trailer like kind of stick with me? I watched it again, and I was like, wow, that's an interesting concept. Maybe I'll watch it. Did not watch it in the theater. Had no interest in seeing it in the theater. Uh, it did really good money, so I'm like, okay, well, it was popular, so it couldn't have been terrible. Right. And when it came out on DVD, I decided to – I think it was one of the movies I red-boxed. 
And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Checked it out. And it was surprisingly excellent. Not only was the cast solid, all of them, but it was a very smart movie, which uh, threw me off because usually these types of movies don't have to try very hard, so they don't. And it reminded me so much of the teen movies, the high school movies from my youth being the John Hughes movies, uh, stuff like breakfast club, stuff like, uh, uh, what's the one from the nineties that really captured it. Ah, man. Oh, can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. This was basically today's can't hardly wait, which can't hardly wait was that day's homage to the teen comedies of the eighties. Yeah. Uh, and it's rare when that happens, when a movie can easily capture without any effort, you, you just look at it and you're like, wow, these guys, the people that wrote and made this movie, they got it. And it didn't seem like they were trying at all. They just, it was a uh, lightning in a bottle type thing. They managed to capture it again. The eighties were a, a decade of movies that really, I, I absolutely love when Can't Hardly Wait came out, everybody was like, wow, it's like calling back to that that time. That's excellent. I'm glad they did that. That's a, a great movie. It's like a you know time capsule for my childhood, but it's relevant. And then the last time that happened for me was that movie. Then EZA came out, and I'm like, oh, my God, they did it again. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, so ever since then, I've been championing this movie. I'm like, hey, I know this isn't your type of movie. I know you probably wouldn't ever watch a teen comedy, but check this one out. It's better than you think. And it didn't hurt that it really, not only was it a good movie in of itself, but you can tell the people that made it were fans of those movies as well, because there's so many references back to them. Uh, it's just, it's one of those movies. And I've, I've said it before that if it, if I'm flipping through the channels and easy a is on one of any channel, whatever, I will stop what I'm doing, sit down and watch the movie from where I caught it to the end because it's just so fun. Right. What about you, Jameson? Yeah, kind of similar backstory with it. You know, um, Jason and I have real similar tastes as far as our love of these John Hughes style 80s movies. Um, and so I kind of did the same thing. I Once it came out for rental, I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Um, and for me, the the feel of it and the the fact that it wasn't dumbed down i think emma stone was perfect for that because yeah. she is she she delivers the dialogue so perfectly that i think coming out of somebody else it could be really cheesy um you know you, you say you talk about can't hardly wait but they've tried this they've tried to recapture the magic of those great 80s high school comedies numerous times and yeah. numerous times they've failed. You know, they just don't feel authentic. They feel forced. Uh, whatever it is, they just don't get it. And, you know, and they, they become ridiculous, almost, you know, mocking it. Um, and so it is it is hard. And it's kind of interesting because I was doing some reading kind of research on this movie. And the writer of the movie never even went to high school. The writer of the movie was homeschooled all the way through high school. Which kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, how do you get that feel for it? Never having been in that environment in your life. By watching the movies from the 80s. (laughs) That's about it, really. Because it definitely 
is not to me a realistic version of high school. It's definitely a movie version of high school. No, it's the yeah, it's a high school that when you watch, you know, you, you watch these movies and you're like, oh man, I wish I could have had high school like that. Yeah, I know that's that and, great, and that's part. There's only one problem with that. Growing up watching these movies and getting this version of high school embedded in your mind. So when you get to high school and it's not <laughs> like that, like that was a real wake up call for me when I got to high school and I'm like, wait, this is nothing at all. Like it was in the movies. Yeah. What is going on? Movies are truth, sir. <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> I had summer school after my freshman year. It was nothing like the movie summer school at all. I, I didn't go on any field trips whatsoever. Nobody sent me a box of cheap sunglasses. <laughs> you, I, don't, I don't understand what happened. You didn't have your chainsaw with you in summer school, man? No. Man. Just the first day. They lied. started trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the whole other story of me going to jail. That's Right. We'll I'll say that one later. You know, it's funny. The the budget on this thing, only $8 million bucks, and this sucker made $75 million. And uh, the cast in here is pretty crazy, and I'm and literally crazy because we have Jameson's girl in this movie, Amanda Bynes. Speaking uh, of crazy, man, you, she you, dropped off the face of freaking Sane Town, didn't she? Oh, man. What's up, with, what's up with your girl, man? She is. Yeah, explain uh, yourself, sir. <laughs> Look. All right. <laughs> she may be crazy. I'm not going to argue that, but I will stand by my girl no matter what. She screwed up, but I'm sticking by her. She's Do you see her latest tweet? And don't ask me why I know this. Cuz <laughs> this Twitter, is news. This it? apparently is news in right. the world. Amanda Bynes' latest tweet that people are talking about or whatever uh, was I'm 100 I'm at I finally made it to 114 pounds. Only 14 more to go till I hit 100. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. I uh, know, right? <laughs> it's it's unfortunate because it's messed up. Whatever she's doing is messed up. Her life it's messed up. Her face. I, she's had some weird work done on her. Uh, it's, yeah, she it's just rough. She makes Lindsay Lohan look like stable. It makes her look very yeah. stable. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I don't care. I still love her movies. It may be stupid. And I thought she was good in this. I mean, she wasn't no, great. She was the good. unfortunate part is she is a good actress. Like, she's picked very good roles. She's yeah. uh, she's paid her dues. She was an entertaining actress. In this movie, she's excellent. The unfortunate part is we lost a really good actress, a really entertaining actress, because nobody is going to work with this girl ever no, again. no. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. I'm not so broken up that Lindsay Lohan went nuts and decided to ruin her whole career because let's face it, she wasn't a very good actress. She managed to get a few really good roles, which she didn't have to work too hard at. And the movies made money and they were entertaining. But let's face it, put you put her up against anybody else. She's going to lose. Whereas Amanda Bynes actually could really pull her own in a flick. And that's where the, like the bummer comes into me. Like you lose Lindsay Lohan, you're not losing a whole lot. You lose Amanda Bynes. There's a lot of potential there that is just swept out the door. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's it, once once you go crazy, it's hard to come back. Yeah, yeah, you know, especially, especially when you start having plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, as much as she has because it's like, well, you'll you'll never look like you used to, and now you look so weird that I mean, you can't get a role looking yeah. like you do anymore. I'm sorry, it's just not possible. You look like a freak show. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, but the but. Talking about this cast, man. The rest of this cast. I remember the first time I saw this, thinking, "How did they get all these people?" Well, it's a lot of people. How did you get Malcolm McDowell for this movie? I know, seriously. Hey, Malcolm McDowell, uh, you got a few days. You want to come play the principal of this high school in this comedy? Yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? I have to admit, when I first saw that uh, Thomas uh, Hayden Church was in here, I wasn't digging it because you know I just Spider Man three, but. After this performance, I love this character, Mr. You know Griffith. He was excellent. He had some of the best lines in the whole film. I really enjoyed his performance. Dean, I, love- I absolutely really enjoy him in Spider-Man 3 when he's not the Sandman. Yeah, when he's just the man. Yeah. Yeah, good point. He, was- he, he is actually a really good actor. He, I don't really enjoy a lot of his work. He just you know, chooses roles and, and projects that just don't really resonate with me. But in this movie, he was excellent. See, my favorite, my favorite actor in this movie was Stanley Tucci. Yeah, and his role as the dad it was hilarious. Very. The parents were excellent. They were. They worked but, so well off off of each other. But that's like like we like we talk about you know how high school isn't like this. Nobody's this cool in the no. in real life. There's no parents and teachers and a, a whole universe of people that are just this hip and this cool and. And funny and understanding, you know. I would say probably my biggest thing that I really love the most in this movie is the relationship with Olive and her parents because they're so open and honest with each other. And it is funny, and yes, yeah, sometimes they go a little over the top, but there's a lot of heart in their relationship that you can really see. And I really enjoy that. And I mean, yeah, it could be unrealistic, but that's the one thing that I really, really love in this movie is the relationship with Olive and her parents. It's some some of the best scenes in the flick. Well, one of the things I enjoy about just the writing of of that relationship period is that you see the parents, you see how they act, you see their personalities, and you instantly understand why Olive is the way she is. Right, exactly. You understand that, yes, this is the only way this child could have come out. Well, there's two ways the child could have come out. She could have been like Olive that we see in the movie, or she would have been this seriously, uh, I don't know. I want to say almost Amanda Bynes's character. She probably would have came out like that. She would have totally uh, dismissed her parents completely and tried to go away from their eccentricities as far as possible because they're so embarrassing. And she would have been a completely unlikable character, but I'm glad they didn't do it that way, but you completely see how she, why she is the way she is because of these parents. And it's, it's perfect. I think it wouldn't have worked at all if they were two really normal everyday parents with this really weird child, like all of Yeah. I I just love, I love the, the almost the throwaway lines that Stanley Tucci has with Olive's 
uh, adopted little brother. Yeah. You know, these little throwaway lines, like when she says something, when he says, I'm adopted, he's like, whoa, 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 we were going to tell him. (laughs) And then just the one where he sits down to have breakfast with him, Stanley Tucci just looks and goes, so where are you from? Yeah, I know. Those are just hilarious. You know, when she goes up the stairs and he's like, there's a boy in the room, you know, and, and she goes up the stairs with her little accent, which is funny. And his line of just like, there's a boy in her room, a boy. And he just keeps saying a boy and just keeps looking at her. And, you know, the kids on his back. I thought that was hilarious, too. That's a fun scene. Yeah, he's excellent. I, I Stanley Tucci is one of those actors that it really doesn't matter what the movie is. If he's in it, I'll give it a shot just to watch his performance because he is excellent and he's always solid. Now, the person that I don't like in this movie from beginning to the end of their performance is Lisa Kudrow. I just I can't stand her, period, let alone in this movie. There's just she's way over the top for me. I don't know how you guys feel about her, but she's the one thing in this movie that I just can't stand. Every time she's on screen, it's just like, ugh. I love it. You do? I love her. Yep. I I don't mind her. I think that character's you're having the reaction to the character that you need to when she's on screen, you are not supposed to like this woman. She is a disgusting personality, uh, just in the way she treats the kids at the school and the way she treats her husband, who we've all just said, you know, he's, he's a really sweet teacher. Like he's just, he's one of those teachers you always wish you had cause he's such a good guy. Right. And so when she betrays him like that, when she betrays the trust of her students, all that kind of stuff, you're supposed to have that disgusted reaction. Now I enjoy that reaction because I think she does the role perfectly because we need to have that reaction and you, you are having it naturally. Yeah. I think, uh, both are good. So it's, it's just that thing. Like we have to dislike that character. That is the one character in this whole movie that has no redemption possibilities. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're so right. So I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, because outside of that, any you know, quote unquote villains you have in this movie really aren't. I mean, you know, Amanda Bynes' character isn't really you know. Hey, they, she's a turd, but uh, she's not right. A but she's she's not a bad guy, you know. And so you you're looking like so. Where's the conflict? You know, you've got to have some sort of real conflict, and that's what Kudrow supplies. You know. Yeah. I mean, in regards to you know. Uh, Mr. Griffith being the teacher always wanted. I mean, how awesome was it when he's breaking out into a rap in in the classroom? He's like, screw that. I'm not doing that crap, you know? I mean, he just really, I mean, you could just see the kids just really resonate with him in just that one scene. And I mean, I wish I had teachers like that. I mean, he reminded me of my mass media teacher in high school who would do kind of the same things. He would try rapping. He would, uh, to get our attention, he would bang his head against the blackboard until we stopped talking just where he passed out. <laughs> yeah, really. Just ridiculous things. Uh, you know, when I was shooting a little Super 8 film, he showed me how to insert single frame shots into it, you know, to put horrible subliminal messages out there when I put it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and he's, he's feeding this information to me. I, you know, like, I was, that kind of reminds me of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because the the teacher that, for me would be like, okay, my Mr. Griffith was this guy in my high school years would be my mass media teacher as well. So works out pretty good there. (laughs) Yeah. See, here's my high school story. 
I went to high school for about three weeks. It was a bad part of town. That explains so much. <laughs> and and yeah. Oh, you're not done. No, okay. I'm not done. <laughs> and uh, I went to. I was in. I was in music class, and uh, there was this guy. He was brought in front of the class, and he was asked to sing, and the teacher was kind of giving him a hard time. So at lunchtime, I thought it would be, you know, just joking around, just saying, so are you going to sing in music class today? And he turns around, looks at me, says, are you going to shut up today? And then after that, Arr! after that, <laughs> he had he had his six friends beat the crap out of me, so I became Daniel LaRusso. I was getting basketballs thrown in my face. I got knocked out in school. And then... Uh, at one point, they uh, they put me in a corner and they threatened to kill me. So nobody then, puts masseuses in a corner. Yeah, that's so, right. So the next day, the parents pulled me out of high school and I did homeschool the rest of my uh, high school years. So that's my high school story. Yeah, so it sucks. Way to go! Maybe you should have just kept your mouth shut. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> What a jerk. It's, yeah. it's terrible. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Point, you, know. You, you tell that story, man. I just see you as being the bully. <sighs> hey, I, I was. <laughs> Your whole life is totally just changed now. You're like, oh my God, he's right. I was just. I try- was the jerk. Hey, I was just trying to make him laugh, make him feel better. But when you try to make a gangbanger laugh, it's not a good thing when he has his six friends that are much bigger and tougher than you are. <laughs> And, I love that. That's like life lessons from Masunis. Never, yeah. ever try and make a gangbanger laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, no good thing will come of it. This is it's like mean, an inspirational poster. I know. It's true. I'll, I'll have to make something up. So does this mean I don't have to write in for your high school, you know, show me the Winston episode now that I've said this? I'm all good. Uh, I think right? that works. Okay, excellent. So, yeah, that's unfortunately, you know, I had to do homeschool the uh, the rest of the, uh, you know, rest of my high school years. But I did manage to graduate like uh, like four months early, which is pretty cool. But I mean, it's true. I didn't get the social interaction that you would normally get through the high school years. But I had a lot of, you know, outside events that I did uh, with friends and family and stuff. But, you know, it is what it is, you know, so. It sucks. So I can't say I had a Mr. Griffith, unfortunately. All my teachers were douchebags in high school that I had for those three weeks. I thought you were going to talk about your homeschool. I know. I was like, wow, you really hate your parents. Lashing out. No. No, my mom, my mom was good. Yeah. Oh, Are you going to talk about Pocket Full of Sunshine? I am. That's my, that carries this movie. That's my favorite scene of the whole film, man. I, well, let's just say we've all done that. I have. <laughs> There's that song <laughs> that... You're like, oh, I hate this song. But then like, it Ugh. pops on the radio, and you're just like, oh, this song sucks. But you don't change the, the station one time, and you just listen to the whole thing. Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus. That's the song that I never shut that's off. That's a good one. That's and a good one. I, and I Call Me it. Maybe. That's, that song. Oh, just, that's a good I one, too. I hate it. But, man, there was one day I was driving to work, and uh, about a half hour into my drive, I, re- I realized that the radio wasn't on, but I'd been singing Call Me Maybe in my head the entire drive. <laughs> and that's when I realized, hey, I know all the words to this song somehow. <laughs> Holy crap. Mine would be uh, Lady Gaga's Paparazzi. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like, why am I things. listening to this? I know. See, I thought yours would be Bad Romance from Lady Gaga instead. Cause the Pretty much any Lady Gaga song. Yeah. I don't like her as a entertainer. I don't like the 
basically the messages in any of her songs, really. I think they're just really uh, self-centered songs yeah. for her but and she's her got, audience. She's got a great voice, though. Yeah, and, and they're they're freaking catchy. Just oh, saying. Yeah. They are, man. And speaking of great voice, who would have thought Emma Stone had a great voice? I mean, wow. Well, but, she's amazing, so I exactly. wasn't surprised. It's true, you know. She should have been cast as Spider Man. Let's just face it. <laughs> Why don't we have her on this podcast, Mike? Why don't you pull some strings, and get her to come on? <sighs> Seriously, dude. You know, this is this is really irritating. Ever since the hundredth episode, everybody's like, "Hey, for the last Starfighter, why don't you get Lance Guest on and have him talk?" I'm like, I don't you think guys, that would be too hard. You guys think I'm like attached to all these celebrities now? Chill out, people. All right, I'm not famous. All right, leave yeah, me alone. You- you technically didn't even get the ones you did interview. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody had to give those to you. Exactly. Thank That's you. That's how difficult it is. Exactly. Thank you so much for clearing that up. So. I know I know for our podcast we've tried to interview people in the past. I send out email upon email upon email to, you know, representatives to agents, all this kind of stuff. It is just nearly impossible if you don't have a massive fan base. If you aren't a name yourself, forget right. about it it's not exactly. worth their time and i totally understand that that's not the actors being a jerk but it's just one of those things where they have so much on their plate they really it's really really rare for them to take time out of their busy schedule to talk to a podcast that let's face it we don't get a lot of listeners right in exactly. comparison to say kevin when smith. they go and get interviewed by kevin smith or the nerdist podcast or uh anybody that's got a name anybody <laughs> anybody <laughs> i mean there are so many quote-unquote name celebrities yeah. comedians yeah. all that kind of stuff that are doing their own podcast now it is they come in with built-in screwed audience. us over as the little guy really because if you aren't a name you're really not on anybody's radar right but you that's know- why we are all very appreciative and thankful for the listeners we do have. Exactly. Extremely. Extremely. When I listen to, like, quote-unquote, the big guys, they do all these advertisements and stuff, like mid, like mid-conversation. mid All of a sudden, there's this Viagra commercial that comes on, and you're like, what is <laughs> What, what is, podcast is are you listening to that has <laughs> Viagra commercials? Uh, I was listening to the Steve Austin show at one time. Oh, that, yeah. That's... Yeah, and to pay the bills, he has to uh, promote during his podcast to keep it free. And I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have to do that crap. I'd rather have like 100 listeners than have to worry about throwing advertisements in the middle of my conversation. And you're like, what is this crap that people have to I'll, listen to? I'll just say I would totally advertise. Yeah, I am not afraid. <laughs> Whatever you need me to advertise, just let's do this. Well, aren't the, you? See, and the advertising on the ones that I listen to aren't that bad. If you listen to the Nerdist podcast, he does advertising at the very, very front, but he keeps it somewhat entertaining. Right. Uh, but short. So I don't mind that at all. Uh, Kevin Smith's podcasts, though, are so hard for me to listen to anymore because there's about five to ten oh, minutes you of him pimping pass- himself out at the front and, and middle of every podcast. Yeah, every time so, I play one, it's like, fast forward 12 minutes. Yeah. Here we go. So bad. And I, he it, he is so... He has so many podcasts that you listen to that 10-minute intro of him just going, hey, come see me in this place and this place and buy this thing and that thing. That And then you move on to another episode and it's the exact same thing because he just you know records one thing and plops it on the front of every podcast. It's so bad. Yeah. As soon as I hear Jonathan Livingston's sale goal, I'm like, oh, boy. 
Bacaw, here we bacaw. go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love the music, yeah. love the beat, but oh, yeah. here's the problem. He he makes it so long and so uninteresting to listen to that I almost missed it when he came into town. Yeah. Because I'd never listened to his intros. So I almost missed the fact that him and Ralph Garman came and did Hollywood Babylon here in town. Yeah, you know, he I have like Batman and Batman. I have like seven episodes I haven't listened to because I just finally started to lose interest because I had such fun with that podcast for such a long time. And then it just finally started to get to a point where I was just like, I don't know. I'm not really bored anymore, but it's just like I got to get myself back into that podcast, you know? Yeah, my problem with him is one, he's he's just way too crude and vulgar. For my taste, most of the time. Two, he repeats himself yeah. a ton. I mean, you yeah. listen to one podcast, you've probably listened to them all at this point because he just repeats himself so much. And three, he smokes so much weed during his podcast that I have no interest in listening to him coughing, coughing? and teasing <laughs> through the whole thing. I'm like, dude, you smoke so much weed, you haven't learned how to do it yet. He just Stop has massive going, <laughs> those coughing fits in the background. Like, great, this is good. He this still tries to keep talking, so he's like, and then <coughs> I just <coughs> and went and did, <coughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, dude, you are so unprofessional right now. Can we no just edit that it. part out? Seriously, What's you have you have that? money. You can pay someone to edit this for you. You don't have to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, hire three people, hire four. I mean, just to get it out faster. Who knows? But yeah, get that stuff out. People don't need to hear that stuff. Yeah. So uh, all those issues for me kept keep me from listening to his podcast anymore. And I have completely forgot what put us on. Oh yeah, interviews. Yeah, interviews. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah. Tend, you we should tend hurry tend up and get Emma Stone on this show. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. When I when all I, that being said, you need to work harder. I know. Because I said, hey, I have a special guest coming on the EZA episode. And they're like, Emma Stone? I'm like, seriously, guys? You, you think- yeah, I knew I was coming on the episode. And even I was like, Emma Stone's coming? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, with Emma Stone in this movie, I think in almost in every scene I love her in, there's only one scene or maybe line of dialogue that I just kind of roll my eyes on. And that's the one where she's coming down the hallway where she has the A for the first time. And her friend is, you know, just saying, we're no longer friends no more. And she goes, oh, oh, oh burn. burn. Yeah. yeah. That line. Just, I love it. Oh. <laughs> what, what is wrong I, with you? It's funny because when you were saying, oh, there's only like one line of dialogue I hate, I immediately thought of that. And I'm like, it's probably that one. Uh-huh. Because for some reason, I absolutely love it. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Because uh, it's just that, like her facial expressions a lot of times are so good when she's having conversations with everybody. I just I mean, that's kind of what makes the scene when she's talking. But it's just something about the way she does. Oh, burn the way she just moves her face and mouth. I'm just like, oh, that was a little so bit. Over the top. I love so, it. Yep. That's the quirkiness about her that makes her so great, though. I know it's true. Um, one of my favorite scenes is what actually gets this going is her friend uh that you know he's like you know you gotta let everybody know i'm not gay you know i'm tired of being picked on and just the heartfelt conversation they have where you know in her room it's one of my favorite scenes in the film because there's just a lot of uh there's a lot of heart in that scene and just the way that they interact with each other it's a really good one and it's completely fake 
because that guy is the most selfish dude in the entire movie next to Lisa Kudrow's character. And I absolutely hate that dude. Because let's face it, he comes to her and he's like, you got to help me, please, please. And then she does. And what does he do? He boogies out of town, runs (laughs) off with some dude. And then I, I alternately love and dislike this part of the movie when she's having her broadcast at the end and you see all these people watching it and And he's watching and he's not watching it. He's has no, he does not care at all for his friend that he left in the lurch. He is off on his own. He's with his boy toy, and he could not be bothered. So he's sitting there watching freaking Huckleberry Finn with his man and completely ignoring that she's you know, having to do this on her own and dig herself out of this massive hole that he started. Oh, I just want to punch his stupid little face in. But, but, but that party scene, though, was so good, man, where she's just punching him and slapping him like are you ready for the finale and she punches him in the gut i love that man it's hilarious that that's probably my second favorite scene of the film is the party scene what's your uh it is good it is good i mean you know and it sets up you know how how is she gonna do this you know how how are you gonna make it believable you know and it is a it's kind of a ridiculous concept but um only works in the movies exactly only works in the movies but but you know, as we say with great teen comedies, the the good ones, you got to have a good party scene. You know, oh, yeah. it, the party looked exactly like the party from Can't Hardly Wait. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you walk in the bathroom. And, yeah, you walk into the bathroom and Seth Green's been locked in there the whole time. You know, he <laughs> 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 let me out. Uh, <laughs> I've been in here for years, man. <laughs> He's got this long, scraggly beard. <laughs> you, you know There's what? A skeleton in the corner after he ate the girl. It, right. It's funny when I watch Can't Hardly Wait the first time and the when they introduce Seth Green, what sold me on that movie is immediately when you see Seth Green, they started playing Knight Rider. I was like, okay, I'm sold. Because, of course, it was the remix from Busta Rhymes, but it was the Knight Rider theme. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sold on this movie. I'm so good. easily pleased. I know it's true. <laughs> and who would have thought that the crazy guy in there who ends up singing was the kid from Dick Tracy? I mean, I didn't know that until after I seen the movie, and I looked up that guy. I was like, "That's the kid from Dick Tracy," and I guess it, he had yeah, quit his acting. His career really took off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at me, guys. I guess I guess he only it's made like comeback. two movies. He made Dick Tracy, took time off, and went to college, and then did Can't Hardly Wait, and that was it. So yeah, kind of like not, world. Check me out. Not everybody sticks with the acting. Right, like Jake from Sixteen Candles. He made that movie, and that was it. He was done. It was the only movie he did. The ref- go out while you're you're on top. I right. say. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always say. <laughs> Don't try to extend my career at all. So yeah. I, I tried to write down all the references that they make to the other movies and what I like about like the '80s movies. John Hughes is I like how subtle it is to where if you're not really paying attention, you won't. You, you can kind of miss it like you know right off the bat mr griffin says you know you mess with the bulls you get the horns and he tries to do the the hand thing that you know mr bender did in breakfast club but he screws it up and he just kind of walks away i thought that that was hilarious and the whole any conversation he has with emma stone is absolutely hilarious you know like in a cafeteria what are you doing nothing don't forget tomorrow is earth day and just walks away <laughs> uh good times yeah yeah i I love there's a lot of references and a lot of them are flat out you know you say they're subtle but it's (laughs) weird because they are subtle in a way but they're totally not because they 
they directly reference those movies or they're directly quotes from the movies right exactly like but they don't sit there and like uh i don't know there's there's a way they do it that like you said it's it's subtle but it's obviously not a subtle thing they're doing exactly you almost expect them to kind of look at the camera at that point kind of wink and then go back like hey look we know that movie too (laughs) and be Uh, like Hey, wait, wake up in time for the breakfast club. Wink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the shower scene, pocket full of sunshine. She's doing her hair like Ferris Bueller, you know, and it, it almost in that scene, she kind of looks at the camera or playing the guitar. I've never had never had one lesson, you know, and just puts it down real fast. It's I mean, just, the end of the movie is a direct exactly. remake of Can't Buy Me Love. Back. Can't Buy Me Love. So we have Can't Buy Me Love because, you know, we have and uh and then what's his face holding the John Cusack music and then, don't say anything. Uh, and yeah, then, don't say anything. Right. Then we have breakfast. I don't want to do anything that was bought and sold. Right. And then <laughs> the kickboxer. And then, yeah. And then we have breakfast club song and then they throw their fist up in the air at the end. And yeah, I just, I love it. All the John Hughes references work so well. And Maybe they work well because they're referencing good movies. Oh, man. <laughs> and not movies. bad ones. I think my favorite line is the one where she says, and just for once, I want to have a musical number with no meaning behind it, like in Ferris Bueller's. She doesn't say like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but you clearly know what she's talking about. Because, yep. yeah, that's one of my favorite lines that she says. It's one of those things that every time I watch the movie and they do the, uh, the musical number in the gym and she comes out in her lingerie and rips the suit off the dude and just causes a disruption at school. Every time I'm thinking there's no way in hell they would have let her sing two bars. <laughs> they would have totally like in my school security would have rushed them and pulled them away kind of thing. But you know, everybody was like, no, no, let her finish. <laughs> exactly. Malcolm McDowell's like, well, she's, you know, not hard on the eyes. Let's see what she's doing here, guys. Come on. Yeah. We got to get to the bottom of this find out what she has to say <laughs> so you think she sung that song i have no idea i don't care <laughs> <laughs> obviously she does pocket full of sunshine but when i was listening to it, i was like ah, i don't think that's her voice but at the same time i kind of thought that she didn't really care she was just going along with the track that they were probably playing at the end so it's not really a big deal i was just wondering if you know you guys happen to know if she did or did not sing that song because it we'll was good. Yeah, we'll ask her when she comes on. You're connected? The, oh, I no, that's your job, days. sir. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, I'm still tired. Not as tired as you because you have some coffee, but I forgot. I have the connections now. That's right. Oh, man. So, yeah, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're just falling short, sir. Oh, man. I'll tell you one thing I love about this movie. Just real, real small thing. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of stupid, but just the the opening credits of the movie. I love those. And the right. way they drop them in, Zombieland style. Yeah, like that's part of the scenery. I, I love little things like that. Get me right away with movies. You know, when when you're creative with something as simple as the credits. Like, exactly. all right, they put some effort into this. Well, did you notice that it says Olive Bridge Production? And I was like, that's kind of cool. But they save Emma Stone's name for last in the credits. I thought that was kind of interesting, too. That was cool. I do like the credit sequence as well, Jameson. Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the credit sequence at the end. That was pretty cool, too, because it was like the one in the beginning versus the one in the beginning was on the ground. This one was kind of like 
in the trees almost as they're driving. That was pretty cool too. It was kind of like a, I don't know what I want to say for that one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you, just gave, you gave up on your own sentence. <laughs> just, gave up. just like, yeah, screw it. And then I've lost interest. In uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm off my game. No editing on this episode, by the way. Oh, God. that was amazing. You just put it out as is. You know what I like? I like that scene where the, the actor, he, um, after just, uh, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> it's talking. Uh-huh. It's overrated. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm off my game today, man. Uh, you know what? I'm. I was trying to find out if she actually sang the song. Oh, okay. And Excellent. nobody says anything about it, so I'm just gonna go with she did. Why now, not? Now, since um, you're the soundtrack guy, do you have this soundtrack at all? Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the opening credit sequence, <laughs> I love that song. Uh, but uh, one thing that we should all be thankful for is the first little trivia thing that I found. Okay. Emma Stone dropped out of Sucker Punch. Yeah. This movie. Yes. Yeah. Pretty great. Thank you so much. That would have <laughs> broken her is a guy. great movies. Wow. Oh my gosh. That would have been so bad. Man. I would easily say that this is the movie that really made Emma Stone a, a name. Yeah. Because it was so popular when it came out that I think if she would have done Sucker Punch, career over, I think. Yeah. What Sucker Punch did for the rest of the ladies? What what, what did that do for... Oh, you know, well, that one girl... Um, there's, there's a What's-Her-Face. Uh, yeah, there's a... Oh, I love What's-Her-Face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget uh, What's-Her-Butt. Yeah, yep. What's-Her-Butt. She's good, too. Yeah. And, um, I celebrate her whole catalog. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Sears catalog, right? Right, right, yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw Emma Stone before this movie. I think the first one I saw her was super bad, and that's well, that was the her first movie. Yeah, and that's the reason why I ended up going to watch Zombieland because a lot of people saw Super Bad and then they saw Easy A and then went to uh, Zombieland. Some of the people that I know, I'm like, well, you should have gone Super Bad, Zombieland, and then Easy A, but you know, whatever hey, floats your boat. So we have on the line the biggest Super Bad fan I know, Jason. Mr. Jason is a huge Super Bad fan if I know him at all. I have no interest in that movie. <laughs> just such a terrible movie. I gave Judd Apatow a try, and he has just never impressed me ever. And it, it, it's unfortunate because Superbad is one of those movies where I think there was a good story in there, and they decided to cover up the good story with a ton of crudeness. And I just I'm so uninterested in anything that man does anymore. What about the movie that me and Jameson love because of the fact it's not? crude is 21 jump street have you finally seen that yet oh yeah no are you planning on seeing it sir eventually i own it on blu-ray i'm gonna watch it <laughs> let me guess you got it at uh, after thanksgiving day sale for like two bucks uh, probably yeah 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 no yeah. i spent 25 on it what that's how i got mine last year two bucks in the blu-ray section at walmart my wife has seen it yeah. she likes it so i'm like oh hey it's cheap why not I want to watch it if my wife says it was pretty good and everybody else apparently says it's pretty good. I'll check it out. And then I just, well, I haven't yet gotten around to it. But yeah. if you guys want to hold on, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, watch, yeah, let's do that. Watch and <laughs> I'll report back. How about that? Sounds good. Excellent. We'll put this on long pause. We'll just wait <laughs> for you. <laughs> we don't edit out the gap. <laughs> no. People are just like, wow, it's going on forever. They and if kept... you'd like to watch a movie while we wait, go ahead. <laughs> we suggest Easy A. <laughs> so is there any scene in the movie that you don't like? Nope. Nope. You're good? Love it all. Not one. Not one? 
Excellent. Dude, I love this movie. When it's on, I sit down and watch it. It's one of those movies where I thought it was a movie I enjoyed so much that I didn't have to physically watch. I could right. just put it on and, and do some housework or just have it playing because I could picture it all in my head because I've seen it just a, a bajillion times at this point. Right. Never works out like that, apparently. Every yeah. time I turn it on, I'm just like, oh, well, I'll just watch this scene. Next thing I know, credits are rolling and I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> did it again. <laughs> now, I love it. It's it's a great movie. It's it's a rare flick where it's just I I see nothing wrong with it. There's not one thing I can point to and say it's all good except for this. I think it's excellent. I agree 100%, man. This is a, an excellent movie. Um and you know what? I don't know about you, but for me it's it's kind of tough to find movies like that you're talking about that when it comes on I'm watching it no matter what. Like Shawshank Redemption is an obvious one for me. I've seen it a, a bajillion times on TBS haphazardly because it's just one of those movies. And this is one of those. Not, not There's movies that I actually like better than this that I can't just sit and rewatch like that. No. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, this movie's just entertaining. And it's the, it's the dialogue. It's the characters. You know, like we said at the beginning, the cast is just great. I mean, to get these... All these Academy Award nominated actors to come in for this teen comedy, basically, is incredible, you know. And, and Which, so it's, and it's incredible because it's not only is it a teen comedy, but it's being headlined by an actress who, at the time, really was not a name. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, she'd never point. starred in a movie before. She'd always no. been, you know. Part of an ensemble. Part of a cast. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it's huge to be able to get this cast together and it's so well written and so well done that you know it's just it's entertaining top to bottom. Yeah, I I love the concept where she just sits and you know telling you the story, kind of like Ferris Bueller would tell you the story, and just and essentially she's telling everybody watching her you know uh, her camera uh, show she's got going on about what's going on in the story. But essentially when you first start off, you're thinking, oh, well, she's talking to third person. She's talking to you and she's going to tell you the story, you know. And I think it just sets a mood right off the bat where it kind of takes you to the Ferris Bueller days, you know, right off the bat. And uh, I think that's one of the great appeals is just the way that she, her line delivery, the things that she says. She's just so charismatic in this movie and she's just very fun loving and she's just, she's got the perfect amount of heart and uh, anger when she needs to have it and it's just good man she does a fantastic job i think this is definitely her best movie and i would probably say my second favorite would be spider-man in regards to emma stone i would agree i i also really like her broadcast her uh uh video diary if you will yeah. uh, i think it's one of those things that works because it's relevant in today's day and age with the popularity of YouTube and vloggers and, and uh, that, that type of culture that totally would do this. It doesn't seem weird and it doesn't seem um, out of place in a movie like this set in, in the time period it's set in. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. What about you, Jameson? I agree with Jason. <laughs> it's about time. Good time. So is there anything else that we have to say about this flick? Uh, only that if you haven't seen it, you need to get off your butt and watch it at least twice. Come on now. It's that good. Maybe three. Yeah. Three times a charm. Definitely check it out. It's funny. This is one of those movies that, um, Jason kind of hit on that, you know, you kind of have to convince people to go see, you know, to go find and watch. Um, 
I know a, a, most of the people I've talked to about this movie, however it comes up, have never seen it. Like, nah, kind of throw it on the heap with all the other horrible my thing. teen comedies. And that's exactly. fair. You know, and I say, you know, that's fair enough. Trust me. I hate those movies, too. Yeah. And it's one of those movies, a lot like 21 Jump Street, too. Like Mike was saying, was once you finally convince somebody to go see it, it's been almost unanimous. Like, dude, that was great. Yeah. That was really good. Like, yeah, I, you just have to get past the barrier that we've all built up against <laughs> these awful movies. We've all been burned so many times. Trust oh, yeah. me. Trust me on this. Come on, please. And when you have so many people telling you you have to see this movie and they all are agreeing in the same opinion, there's got to be some – you got to go along with it. There's got to be something good about it, you know? True. And And that's that's – with Easy A, 21 Jump Street, they're just kind of rare gems that are outside of their normal uh, movie genre, if you will, I guess. is I don't know, category. And uh, that's what makes this one so good. So I know. And I think it is a perfect installment in your series of chicks flick, chick flicks for guys. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm glad that this uh, kind of starts off the series because originally I was going to do Mannequin as the first movie in the series. But I'm glad we started off with Easy A because it really kind of sets a good one, too. Episode 2, Steel Magnolias. No. Right, guys? I like Steel Magnolias. I've never seen it. You know what's a good flick? Steel Magnolias is good, too. But uh, my chick flick that I absolutely dig is uh, Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh, yeah? That's a good flick. All right. Wow. I I haven't seen Fried Green Tomatoes in... 20 years, probably. I've never had a chance to watch it, actually. It's pretty good, man. I mean, it's not a comedy. It's definitely a, yeah, a, I heard a drama. Very sad. It, it is pretty sad, but it's good. I really enjoy it. Man, I think it would be really hard to find nowadays. I can't remember the last time I saw that movie on a movie shelf, though. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, hopefully YouTube would have it up either free or you just rent it for like two bucks. I don't know. That's how most of these older movies are nowadays. You can just rent them for two bucks on YouTube. So I'll have to check it out sometime, man, because I, I, I think that's the reason why I stayed away from it is I just heard about this sad ending, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to handle a The ending's ending. not too sad. The beginning's definitely got some sadness in it. Uh, but it's good. You know, if you want to watch a drama, I don't know. That's, I don't know if it's necessarily your thing. Right. But if you find yourself staring down the barrel of it kind of thing, then I'd give it a watch. Excellent. If you need a good cry, just go ahead and put it on. Excellent. Everybody needs a good cry once in a while. Exactly. Now, Jameson, I know your rating for Easy A, but I don't know Jason's because it's not posted. So I'm interested five. to see if yours goes up. All the way. Yours five is five? Excellent. I can't. I can. I racked my brain. Racked my brain <laughs> to try and figure out something in this movie that is not good. And it's all good, man. Excellent. You know, I have to admit, I was at a four and a half because of Lisa, but after what you were saying made perfect sense, that kind of wiped away my issue. So, yeah, I'm the same with you, sir. I don't know about Jameson. He was at three and a half on Flickster. I'm not sure if he's Holy raised the score. Holy crap, three and a half? Really? Yeah. Out of what, three and a half? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that score came about. I, I checked it yesterday, sucker. You were at three and a that half. Was probably, I must have rated that. When I first got on Flixer, man, because, yeah, I don't know why I would have it at three and a half. It could be. <laughs> I do that sometimes. I get drunk. I go on. I start rating movies. <laughs> this movie is awesome. This is awesome, guys. You should check out the new Seagal movie. He's got a rapper in it with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so have, have you changed your rating, sir? 
It's already a five. Okay. Excellent. All right, gentlemen. I think we should call it a wrap for the review. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. So should we hear what Destiel Nation has to say, gentlemen? Oh, no. boy. Well, that's good. <laughs> I've heard about your nation. <laughs> yeah. Your exclusive club. My exclusive club, <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you are a part of it, sir. You know that, right? Uh, not on Facebook, I'm not. Well, this, that's not my fault. That's your fault. It's, you got it. It's exclusive. You, you One got, of us. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, technically, you're in the nation because you were my first email, but you're not in the group because, you know, it is exclusive. It's invitation only. We have to jump you in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like your exclusive stuff. <laughs> so maybe after this, behind the scenes, maybe you might, I don't know, miraculously show up in there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. We'll see how it goes. So uh, let's hear what STL Nation has to say. And guess what? They said nothing. They wrote in and said nothing. It's terrible. Great <laughs> job, guys. Way to come yeah, through. Nobody wrote in. Yeah. You know how hard it was for us to schedule this show and actually record it? <laughs> oh, it and nobody wrote in? It was terrible. There has been so many schedule changes for this review. It was ridiculous. Oh, I think your nation failed, sir. I know. But... I, I'm going to blame it on this. I was on vacation, you know, for a few weeks, so maybe they're on vacation as well. And hopefully when this gets posted later today, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that podcast. That's right. I got to get off vacation. I don't know. I'm kind of dis- blame you then. I'm kind of disappointed. But there is some good news, and that's because, you know, on – I don't know what idiot decided to do a four and a half hour episode on the Karate Kid, but uh, we had a lot of emails in that episode. You remember that, Jameson? Uh, I bl- I blacked out for a moment. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what happened. <laughs> you fell asleep. That's what it was. I know I Wouldn't did. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, but there were actually um, there was an email that I forgot to read. So where on what? And um, it's a hundredth episode from uh, John, the music man wrote in and I totally forgot to read it on that episode. So technically I have an email, but All it's right, not, dude, a, let's, it's let's not about easy. So here's what John, the music man had. Well, to just say. Re- if he ever talks about a movie in his email, replace the title of the movie with easy. A <laughs> there you go. He's like, Hello. I love when Danny LaRusso drop kicked that guy in easy. A. <laughs> That's funny. Good times. Hello, Mike and STL. Wow, 100 episodes. I've been a fan since the early days, so let me just say I've enjoyed all the podcasts in the Underground Hour. Some of my he's favorites... No, he's not lying, man. Okay. He, he contacts me every day, and he's just like, what's up, man? How's it going? We're, so he's a stalker. Yeah. I know how that feels. Exactly. I, those stupid stalkers. We need to shoot them all. Hey, I remember on uh, the shadowy flight when you had Tyon. And you were talking about stalkers, and he's like, yeah, we take guns and we blow them away around here. That was hilarious. Do you remember that time? It was when you were talking to Luke. Remember that? Ugh, I don't, this I, turned you know, into the Chris Farley podcast. podcast. <laughs> remember that time you had the guy on? It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. I've, uh, some of my favorites are the Wraith Howard the Duck for some old episodes. Ugh. 
and as well as one of my favorite series was TMNT and now Rocky. Yeah. So let's just talk about Mike's favorite movie, The Karate Kid. Well, I would say this movie produced some of the best one-liners that I hear on my favorite sports movie of all time, Flyer Hockey. Put him in a body bag and, of course, sweep the leg. Happy 100th episode, and I'm looking forward to many more. John the Music Man. So that was our final email, sirs. Good times. Very good. Yeah. You heard him. Final email. He's not accepting anymore. <laughs> I'm trying right in. All right. Well, I think it's time for the music spotlight. What do you guys say? Sure. So for the music spotlight, I would be an idiot not to play Pocket Full of Sunshine for this episode. I, I have so to instead go. we're gonna go with this. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this is a train wreck of an episode, man. I'm telling no, I think it's great. Talking about this is an amazing episode. Uh, this is the one everyone's going to be talking about, not that last one. You, you know what's funny? The one that everybody talks about is Rocky Five. They're like, man, that argument was so good. I'm like, I haven't listened to it yet. That's because one of us was right. I have to watch Rocky Five first because it's been so long since I've seen it because it's a terrible movie. Oh, you don't <sighs> have to. <laughs> I know. Just because just because I'm going to see Lone Ranger doesn't mean you got to subject yourself to Rocky Five. We don't have to even out. It, it's, <laughs> I feel bad though. It, hey, no, you can listen to it because we actually made the decision that that's one of the movies that you can cut out of the series. Watch one, two, three, four, and six. Don't even need five. We just we finally figured that out by the end of the series. Well, Stallone figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, I am so sorry. Here's Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Every DVD of Rocky Balboa comes with a handwritten apology. For <laughs> I'm sorry for five. Please accept this in place of it. It'd be awesome if he gave you like five bucks back. <laughs> Here's your ticket price refunded. Yeah, I it's apologize. True. Well, uh, Jason, there is a lot of new listeners since the 100th episode. So a lot of people probably don't know who you are, what you do. So why don't you go and pimp out all your stuff, sir? Oh, man. Speaking of Here a four-hour episode. Yeah. Some idiot decided to do four and a half hours. I don't know who that was. I don't know. Uh, well, I do a few different podcasts. I do the Flix podcast, which is much like this one. We just take a movie and re-review it, have a good time with it. Uh, there's also Film and Focus, which is a more analytical look at the world of film. We don't necessarily review movies, but we talk about directors and actors and different genres and uh, film styles, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I've got, man, what the hell else do I do? Show me the Winston, which is basically me and my friends drinking beer and having random conversations. Uh, I also review a, there's a couple TV shows I'm reviewing at the moment where, uh, we got the crossroads, which is a show dedicated to the WB show supernatural, which is going into its ninth season coming up here soon excellent and then i'm about to start a show called the shield files which me and my friend jake are going to be reviewing the agents of shield on abc this fall i'm excited for that one yeah me too it looks really fun and then uh that's it i think i'm pretty sure the last time you were on the shadowy flight was dead at that time and then it got resurrected yeah and then i gave it to you because i didn't want to have to deal with it (laughs) yeah good times man well thank you sir that has been a privilege and an honor to do that, man. It's been super fun, man. I can't wait to do a new episode for this month, man. Yeah, I want to get on there soon. 
I want to talk some Knight Rider. Yeah. Just don't have time. Yeah, you posted a, a news topic before I, I even saw it about the comic books. I was like, oh, crap, Jason beat me to it, man. Well, I, it was just the bare information. So if you want to find out about Knight Rider comic books in the digital world, go listen to the next episode because there's a ton more information out there now. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be good times, man. So what about you, Jameson? Why don't you go ahead and pimp your stuff, sir? Uh, yeah, um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I ain't got nothing. Wake up, man. Jason. Here we go. We're at it. Uh, Y'all should yeah. have been drinking coffee like me. I'm feeling good. I know I should have been. I've been drinking water. It's not it, helping. It's going to take me another hour at least. Yeah. Um, I'm over at movie mojo monthly. Um, my co-host Brian and I talk movies and all kinds of crazy stuff. This next episode, we, we just had our episode that was our, Best and worst Disney and or Pixar movies. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm defending a movie, by the way. I'm yeah, just, I yeah, can't wait too. to. Yeah. I have to. Bring it. I'll Bring be, it. I'll be sending an audio clip shortly after this. I can't wait. It better be soon because we're recording soon. Uh, we have a, I'll send it right after we're done. Excellent. Very good. Uh, yeah, our next episode we have, I don't know, I've got a ton of movies to review. So this is going to be fun. Uh, well, let's just say it's it's going to be worth tuning in just to hear your, your review of The Lone Ranger. Right. For, exactly. for those of you who don't know... Jameson is a massive Lone Ranger fan. Like yes. the, the character of the Lone Ranger, you're a massive fan. And this is how I duped you into watching this movie. <laughs> because I said, if there's anybody who should be, who I'm interested in hearing a review from, it's the fan of the Lone Ranger. I want to hear what you think of this movie. And that was what happened. I told him that. And he's like, all right, fine. Because originally you weren't going to watch that movie no. at all. You were banning it. Right. And then I convinced you. Yeah, you're very persuasive. <laughs> and so I am. I cannot wait for that podcast to come out. Like, you really need to just call your buddy up, <laughs> record it as soon as possible, and send it to me. Don't even put it on the feed. Just send it to me as fast <laughs> as you can so I can hear it. Be cursing so your name interested. under my breath throughout the entire thing. Probably. Flip it, Jason. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But the the Disney episode you just did was really good, too. Uh, it was. You guys, like you said, you guys just throughout your top 10 and I, what your bottom five right right uh disney and or pixar movies and it was pretty entertaining to listen to i mean i only have to defend one movie i thought i was gonna have to defend a ton yeah it was fun and actually once i got into it you know kind of picking and choosing it was it was tougher than i thought it would be to uh to pick out that top 10 especially the bottom five kind of wrote itself for me but i can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it i'm surprised you guys didn't split up disney and pixar yeah, we kind of thought about that. Um, yeah, it, it was a discussion, but we decided to just roll with one since they're one entity now. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, yeah, we decided to go with that. I don't think I could have. Pixar on its own doesn't have you know a massive catalog yet. So um, true enough. Well, Jason, if you are defending Ratatouille, we need no. to talk. We need to talk. No, so. I was so excited for them to be like, Ratatouille's a piece of crap. I'm like, thank you. Finally, somebody Excellent. else agrees. Excellent. The worst. It's funny. I asked him the other day. I said, is Ratatouille for you my Rob Zombie's H2 or is it my House Party 2? And he's like, definitely Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I was like, excellent. That's how much he hates that movie. It doesn't need to exist. Right. It's just that simple. It's just a movie that doesn't need to be in existence. We it was could. one of those episodes where every time Brian was going to his list, because me and him don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything. Right. Uh, we definitely have different styles 
in what we like. And so every time he went to his next number, I was like, oh, crap, it's going to be this movie. It's going to be this movie. (laughs) I'm going to have to defend so many movies because he's going to just tear apart all the ones I love. And really, it was only one. I think I know which one, too. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) You go and check it out, Movie Mojo Monthly. Go find us. Go listen and send in your emails to us and defend your junk and stuff like that. And uh, Mike and I have another podcast that we kind of haphazardly, randomly do. Once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah. A little Changing Channels podcast, uh, which may happen some someday that got resurrected last month what are you talking about and then died again (laughs) (laughs) i listened to that episode it was it was quite entertaining to listen to uh i don't like how you use that word yeah you want to be a little bit more specific like you guys have not seen any of these things (laughs) yeah it's a tv podcast you're like just going down the list of shows that currently exist and all of it's just Masunas going, oh, I've never even heard of that. No, I don't know what that one is. That. I don't know what that one is. I'm just like, what's the point of this show? You don't see anything. But to be fair, like that's not the point of that particular show. You guys are reviewing one show, older shows, right. like right. Uh, not really current stuff, but you know things that you guys have watched over the last few years. So knowing every single show that's currently on is not a necessary thing exactly it, uh, hey, i come out i come out right out front and say i don't watch a ton of tv these days yeah I'm, me neither i'm watching movies in all my spare time where i would be watching tv mostly yeah it's just fun though to do just a quick recap plus we didn't have anything and we wanted to throw something out there for you know when we you know as a return episode and just say okay now Let's throw up a vote and see what you guys want us to review next. Although, Mike, you would appreciate that my wife now is in a massive, in the middle of a massive Pretty Little Liars marathon. I'm super excited about that. For about the past week, it is every time I walk into the living room, it's on. And, and I've watched here, is... I've watched here and there, and uh, it's, a, it's a weird show to just kind of catch an, half an episode here and then... Maybe later on in the season, catch another half no, an episode. You can't. You have to see. It. You got <laughs> to see everyone. Up. Yeah, you have to see every episode in order. It's one of those type of shows. You can't miss nothing. My wife is currently going through Desperate Housewives season one. Yikes! Randomly, she just one Randomly. day she was, she was just like, oh yeah, I'm watching Desperate Housewives. I'm like, why? Like I didn't know there was any interest in watching that show. It was just like, eh, I'm gonna watch this now. So she's cooking through season one like crazy. How's Teen Wolf, man? I love it this I season. I have not watched anything this season. Oh. Because I set it to record on my DVR. It recorded the first episode, and apparently I didn't hit the button to record the full season oh. or the series. Mm-hmm. So it recorded the first episode. I missed two. And then so when I noticed, I'm like, why isn't there any new episodes? Fixed it, but now I'm missing those two episodes, so oh, I've got to either wait for reruns or you know get them through other means. Well, but last... it's one of those shows that I really enjoy powering through a bunch of episodes, so yeah. I'm just gonna hold off for a little bit. Okay, probably cause... I'll I'll get through another couple episodes and then just power watch about eight or nine of them. Okay, because last week's episode will be on the the hour before the new one hits. That's how yep. they always do it. So just in case you'd only technically be missing one since there's been three that have aired. Uh, the second one you could probably find, I don't know where you'd get it at, but it is what it is, I guess. But I, I hear- could just I could just recite the script for you. 
Oh, that, that works. Yeah, it's just as good. It's a howl and bark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm changing. Oh. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for joining me on the uh, first episode of Chick Flicks for Guys, the new series, and for Easy A. And thank you, Mr. Jason, for coming on, sir. It was good to have you. I know you were. What are are the other movies you're having in your series? Uh, Since I'm not going to be here for them, I'll give you my quick thoughts. uh, Mannequin. Good. Uh, Then we're doing. some kind of wonderful. Some kind of wonderful. Yeah, it's John um, John Hughes, uh, Eric Stoltz, Leah Thompson, Mary Stewart Matheson. Yes, That's, I don't think I've watched that in so long that it's been so long that I I can't, in all good conscience, give it a any sort of a yay or nay. That's kind of where I'm at with it. That's like the one John Hughes movie that I didn't rewatch a bunch of times yeah we're i yeah. think we're saving that for last because that's my fave and then um we're gonna do uh legend of billy gene good and then um what was the other one jameson i swear that was it was easy a mannequin oh. uh some kind of wonderful and legend of billy gene i think that was it yeah that should yeah that's all the ones in the list yep that's a good list yeah a couple well-knowns and a couple not so well-knowns yeah, Legend of Billy Jean will be the hardest for people to find. So true enough. But most people good movie though. It's got Supergirl in it. Yeah. I live with a I live with a woman who wants to be on that podcast because that's her favorite movie. Nice. <laughs> I think she's feeding me information. I think we'll have to make that happen. I guess. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No. So yeah, if you guys want to write in, go to Sweep the Lake Podcast at yahoo.com or stlpodcast@gmail.com. And send in your thoughts about Easy A or the next movie, Mannequin. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. And we'll probably be doing that next week. So get your emails in quick. So that's about it, man. I'm still tired. I'm sorry. It's been an interesting episode, gentlemen. It's okay. We picked up the slack. <laughs> I want no editing on this episode. <laughs> it goes out. I want to see this on the feed in 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. I, to be honest with you, I probably uh, am going to leave everything in. There's <laughs> a lot of pregnant pauses. Yeah. The, you just totally blanking out is amazing. You thought that was funny? I thought that was going to be me. <laughs> Recording so early, and I didn't go to bed at probably a, a, the hour I should have last night. Right. And so I was totally expecting, like, oh, crap, I'm going to be all groggy. I'm not going to have anything good to say. But then once we started recording, the coffee started flowing. I started you feeling were still good. Right, though. And it seems like I just totally sucked all the energy out of Masunas by showing up. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, sir. I really just... Don't think I didn't hear what you just said, Jameson. Don't think <laughs> that passed. I'll be honest. I really just kind of want... I know the general area of the United States in which you live. I will track you down. I love it. <laughs> That's funny. To be honest with you, I just really wanted to sit back and hear kind of what you had to say on it because, you know, it's not every day I get to have you on. So and I thought you two together, you know, it's something I don't get to hear every day. So for me, it was kind of like uh, not really my episode. I was just like, I feel like I'm listening to flicks today. This is how you tend to take over a little bit. Yeah, it's okay to just be a fan of us, Mike. It's cool. It's all all good. I'm a fan of me. (laughs) (laughs) I like that to go out on. Well, there you go. All right, Did guys. you have a uh, music uh, spotlight or anything like that, Mike? I already told you what it was, fool. Oh, yeah, well, he yeah. was asleep. Yeah, that's right. That's when I blocked out. Yeah. <laughs> it was a song that you totally were like, no, I don't want you to play that song. You're like, <laughs> oh, we're going with that one. 
Mm-hmm. Don't you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yep. what I picked? Yeah. What was it? This the song from the movie. Don't. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm what? invested in this. All right. <laughs> so what uh, was what was the name of the song? I'm I'm watching my neighbor hang laundry right now. Fascinating. <laughs> that's, that's how fascinated with this episode he is. <laughs> it is. It's fascinating. Well, I'm just wondering because he never wears shirts ever. But he's hanging nothing but his shirts out on the laundry, and I'm just—it it amazes me. You're, you're being for real too. That's what's scary. I am. My next door neighbor—I've never seen him with a shirt on, and he just walks around. But but there's nothing but shirts being hung right now. It's it's, it's enthralling, man. I wish he could be here to see it. Uh, I can full sunshine. That's what we're uh, enough. <laughs> Let's go ahead and hit the post. All right. Well, uh, you guys take care, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you, gentlemen, again for coming on. It was so no much problem. fun. So, and we should uh, do this every week. Yes, we should. It'll be awesome if we do. All right, that's a verbal commitment, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do anything with my Saturday mornings. It's a binding contract. Excellent. Not it every happens. day I get to have you on, Jason. Man, so I love. No, well, you never invite me. It's it's one of those things. Dude, I, I invite you all the time, man. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, I do. You're always. No, it's yeah. cool. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> How many times have I said the door is always open? You can join any episode, and you're just like, after I'm done. Oh, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Wow. I don't know when you record. <laughs> I I tell you, every time Tuesdays, man, that's when I do it. That's when I record. Well, hmm. it, me and me and Jameson usually have four, four, like between four or five central time. That's usually when we're... And when, when is that to me? Uh, That's two. Yeah, I'm at work. So. Two, or, two or three. What time do you get off work, fool? Uh, on a Tuesday? Yeah. Like, on Tuesdays, I can't record till like, 8 o'clock at night at my time. Ah. Uh, so, I, I, job. I Look don't at me. get off till like, 6. Oh, <laughs> I hang out with the family, and the kids go to bed around 8 o'clock, and... Okay. So, it's not, so it's my fault again. Okay. Yeah, I know. If you would just move. Yeah, yeah. Well... I'm working on it, man. I'm trying to make the move west, but, you know... Come on over, man. Cool. Well, I will, uh, I'll definitely... Uh, leave all the crap in because that was funny, especially when I totally went against myself. I was like, no, I don't want to say that. Yeah, screw it. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Talking. <laughs> so hard with the words. <laughs> Just so tired, man. I'm sorry. Uh, don't cry. It's okay. Oh. oh, man. All right. Well, you guys take care. Masuna's out.
that nobody knows where the rivers flow and I call it home and there's no more lies in the darkness is light and nobody 